If you want to be successful in something, you need to work for this. It will not fall, fall from the sky. And you need to work for your goals. And I want to encourage them that they can achieve something. They should need to find their personal strength. This is a very important thing. And they should listen to the teacher, to the parents and to the kind of people who are around you who want to give to you the best recommendations. This is Thomas Lutz and welcome to Chapters of My Life podcast. Sometimes we ask ourselves, why should we spend hundreds of hours volunteering for good cause events, conferences or side projects to fight injustice, gender equality? Or for human rights in a world full of instability and unpredicted future changes. Right, not everyone asks themselves this question. Last few days we had TEDx in London and I can't be more proud of my entire TEDx London team. Being part of TEDx in London for the last five years teach me one lesson. We should never ever be silent in moments and times in life where voices and opinions need to be heard louder than ever before. Giving people a voice enables them to spread the message to thousands others. One talk can inspire thousands to make a difference in lives of millions. The curator of TEDx London is Miriam Pasher, and you can hear her actually on episode two, book two, in my podcast. Very inspiring life story. So I share this story because the next guest, Thomas Lutz, in my podcast, he's not just a world champion swimmer silver winner from London Olympics and seven times world champion in long distance swim. He has also a social heart as an entrepreneur. Excited to have Thomas Lewis on my Chapters of My Life podcast. Thomas is from my hometown, Britsburg. He is well known worldwide for his world-class athletic achievements. Though many are not aware of his social engagement and after retiring from his professional career a few years ago, he emphasizes on giving back even more to young people. Always show respect is what he learned from young age, which led him to be the person he is today, in sport, in career, but also in his private life. Indeed, down to earth. Thomas chose four chapters in his Chapters of My Life podcast book called Hard and True Recommendations. Chapter one called Happy Memories, where Thomas gives us a glimpse into his early childhood years growing up in Würzburg, a small city in north of Bavaria in Germany. Thankful to his whole family, with his support, he got first in touch with swimming from age seven. He learned from his parents early to never give up, but also to give back to society and to always respect others. Hard years, called chapter two. And it's about his first years in his teens, taking swimming as a professional sport. Finding the balance between sport and school wasn't easy for him. Tough times in school, though, taught him find a balance, but at the same time to learn to focus on a daily routine of what really matters for him to achieve his bigger goal. He loved in his young age, till today also to motivate young people, which brought him to become a social worker and support young people with disabilities in his early 20s. Chapter 3 is about his professional career as world champion swimmer. But this time, we less looked into all the successful competitions or participated Olympic Games in this podcast. Thomas highlighting some aspects about the life of being an athlete 
In his early 20s, he had to make a shift in his career after recognizing that his small and slim body wasn't bringing him to the world class for short distance swims. He adjusted and became world champion in long distance, 5K and 10K. Change and never giving up has always been part of Thomas' life till today. And last but not least, his chapter four, leading people. He focuses to empower corporate teams, young people, and as an entrepreneur, to never give up. As he says, it all takes patience. So I'm very excited to finally release this podcast, a world champion swimmer, an interview where we not just look into the sport achievements, but more on the life behind. Let's start the talk. Enjoy, never give up, always look up. So here we are. <laughs> Thanks, Thomas, for taking the time. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you. It's lovely to be back in Würzburg, actually, uh-huh. in your hometown. Right, right. So what do you think of Würzburg as your hometown? Mm-hmm. What do you associate with Würzburg? I'm born here in Würzburg, um, and for me personally, it's absolutely my hometown. I, I grew up here, and uh, All my friends are here. I went to school here. I went to university. I did all my trainings here in Würzburg. And um, I never seriously thought that I want to go in a different city. Even after I graduated school, I had the opportunity to go in a university in the U.S., but I never considered seriously to go there because I had here all my friends and family and the best uh, conditions to train and everything. And yeah, I travel a lot during my life and every time I go back home, I realize that Würzburg is my uh, home and I, I personally feel that. I mean, you were born here. Similar right. to, to, uh, so great that you took the time actually for the few days I've been here. Um, when I looked, bef- last few weeks, when I looked for like some people to, to, to know a little bit more about their life, you know, usually with athletes like you, um, and I mentioned this before for the intro, may, many of you, the listeners might not know who you are. Many only know the success stories, mm-hmm. you know, the, the success stories you see on TV, mm-hmm. but they never know what is the person behind. Mm-hmm. And that's something we are very keen to know in this podcast series. Mm-hmm. And when I look back and then research, okay, who could I look to interview? And immediately thought of like Thomas Lourdes when I'm here the first few days, because I was watching you in London when you mm-hmm. did the Olympic Games, when you won silver. In Beijing for the browser. So I want to start with a quick question. Uh, in your book, which got released 2012, uh-huh. that uh, let me translate it. I think that was only uh-huh. the German version. Uh-huh. So I was like, I translated the title. So the title was Swimming on the Success Wave What Young People Need to Know to Be Successful. You mentioned in that book, and I will m- quote a few other parts, which is, by the way, a lovely book. I bought it a couple of days ago. Um, you got up every day in the morning at five or six. Right. And you mentioned about, in the book, about this mentality to mm-hmm. never give up. Mm-hmm. What did you do today in the morning? Did you S- go for a swim too? Right. <laughs> How much? <laughs> From six to seven, uh, I swam four and a half K. Yeah. Because after I stopped or quit uh, professionals, my professional swimming career, I decided, of course, for myself to stay in shape, to keep in shape. 
for many reasons. And uh, I said, okay, every morning, because I'm used to, to stand up early in the morning, for me it's no problem to stand up at 5.30 and go in the swimming pool and swim for around about one hour. I feel much better afterwards. So yeah, I'm doing this from Monday to Friday and on weekend I go running mostly. So four and a half K today in the morning. Yeah, right. mm -hmm. What's your average just in the morning? Yeah, but it, you mean during my professional career, I swam 10K in the morning and 10 in the afternoon or in the evening. Yeah. So in compared to this, the 4K <laughs> is a very easy session. Um, what I'm doing right now is I swim a lot with fins and pull boy and pull kicks and all these kind of things and, and pedals. This is much more easier. Yeah. But um, yeah, for me, it's nowadays it's fun for me to swim 4K, 4.5K. Um, back in the days, it was, of course, not always fun to swim 10K because it's quite long. Um, yeah, but I do it for my health and to keep in shape. When I looked online, I came across an article, and that article mentioned about that you were swimming in average per year 100,000 100, kilometers in competition and around 3,500 as practice right. per year. Three and a half thousand kilometers is enough. roundabout in average. You're right. Yeah. In the Olympic year, it's a little bit more, but after the Olympic year, it's a little bit less. So the average with uh, 3.5 thousand yeah. kilometers is is right. Yeah. So when you swim in the morning, are you more a solo swimmer or do you like to swim with uh, teammates? Um, I like to train with teammates because yeah. only if you train with the best, you get better. Yeah. So this is a very important um, philosophy in the sport and not only in the sport, I think in general, you only develop and you grow up if you're surrounded by people who are at least as good as you are or in a better case, better than you. So I like my teammates because they help me out during every training session and they help me out to grow personally. And um, so I was happy to meet them early in the morning and also my coach, of course. And I had only a few training sessions in my life um, when I was completely alone in the swimming pool. Because at the professional stage, you have your teammates and you will not survive over many years or you will be not sustainable, successful over many years if you're training just alone. What do you think when you swim? Because I'm oh, just thinking, yeah. when I was reading this article and yeah. I was reading in your book as well, uh, like 10K, yeah, yeah. it's like two, three hours, right? Yeah, right. Because when I started mm -hmm. the triathlon, I, I maximum one hour, one and a half. Yeah. I keep thinking a lot. Sometimes. You do, you do. You, you think about everything. It depends yeah. on the training session. What is the main goal at the training session? Yeah. If you keep your eyes on your tactic or if you train some different stuff. It depends on, I mean, if you go really hard and the heart rate is over than 160, 170, then it's very difficult to think about. And then you only think about when is the training session finally done. Um, but you, for normally you think about everything. When I was younger, I, I thought about the school, or I thought about the university later. You think about private things. Um, in swimming, you are quite alone. You you swim many kilometers and under the water, you, of course, you can't speak with no one. Yeah. So you just think about many things. And um, it's also f right now a reason for me why I go swimming in the morning because then I realize and think about my job. What's, what's the next goals? What is today the upcoming goal? And you have the opportunity when you swim 
to think about this and no one will disturb you. So it's an advantage to go for me swimming because there's no one else who can stop you and say something. So you are for many, many minutes alone with your mind and your thoughts. And so you, would you say it's kind of a mindfulness? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, in the, in the professional sport career, when you swim between four or five hours a day, of course, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. You can't think so <laughs> much. A lo a lot you, you, you can't think so much. Um, yeah. Of course, you will get bored and you need to fight against your uh, thoughts that you want to give up and all these kind of things. But um, for nowadays, if you swim one hour, that's a perfect uh, duration. Um, I'm feeling good with it. But as I told you before, when you swim 20K a day, of course, you can't have so many thoughts <laughs> that uh, yeah, four or five hours is enough for this. So Of course. Yeah. That, it's the hard part of the sport that you need to fight against yourself and uh, about uh, giving up. You have these thoughts in the training, of course, quite a lot. Yeah. So, Thomas, I want to look back a little bit. Um, as I mentioned before, this podcast is all about like, looking back into your childhood. Also, what, who is that person behind? Who is Thomas Lutz behind? And you come from Würzburg. Würzburg, a small town from Franconia, north of Bavaria, known for wine, known for mm. also world champion and <laughs> swimmer. Um, tell me a little bit about your childhood. And mm. when I turn all this now, this is the first childhood, into a book mm -hmm. chapter. Mm -hmm. I want you to imagine what could be that first chapter look mm -hmm. like. So when you open your book, mm -hmm. first chapter, childhood. Yeah. Explain me a little bit more about your childhood. Yeah, my childhood was uh, quite nice, very good. I'm so thankful for my parents uh, who take care with me. And I have a two and a half years older brother. He was laid out as my coach. And I always had a good relationship to my brother. We had a very nice family life, which is extremely important because my parents are responsible for my thoughts and for my uh, mindset afterwards, which helped me a lot in, in the world of sports. So I have really good thoughts going in the kindergarten, had friends there, I was many, many hours in the nature We didn't live exactly in the city. We lived a little bit outside, which was for me perfect. I did a lot of sports when I was younger. I ride with the bike every day after school or after kindergarten. We went out and played with my dog. I have good memories with, uh, with our dog. We had a German Shepherd. Um, and I was really happy after school in kindergarten to go back home and play with my friends and my brother and my parents and my mother and my father. My mother prepared every day breakfast for me, every day lunch for me, every day dinner for me, even when I was older. This is also a secret of the, of the success of my later life because I always had a very good treatment and over many, many years. And I'm very thankful for the good possibility to have such a nice childhood, including kindergarten, school, and even afterwards university was for me a very good time here in Würzburg. And I need to say that, of course, as I told you, I'm thankful to my parents and my brother and yeah, who educated me so good. Yeah. So when you would ask your mom or your parents, how would they describe you as a, as a five-year-old or ten-year-old? <laughs> as, <laughs> as, as, as someone very competitive or someone yeah. who is 
No, I was yeah, I was competitive for sure, and um, I played a lot of football at this time, and um, I went fishing a lot. So my mother made for me a fishing license in Germany. You need a fishing license to go to the river or sea. So we went out nearly every weekend to go for fishing, and. Um, I think they will describe me as an active boy because I couldn't uh, stay at home on the on the couch or in front yeah. of a TV. Stand still, literally. Yeah, you had no, to move. Right, yeah. I had to move all the day. And I was happy to go out and go ride my bike or play football or went fishing. I was very focused on the nature also, on animals and all these kind of things. And yeah. So when you say about animals, mm -hmm. um, is it related to like going to the woods, forest? Mm -hmm. We had a lot of forests around our house. So yeah. um, uh, we saw there nearly every morning deers and rabbits and all these kind of things. Yeah. It depends on the on the month in the year. Uh, in the colder month, of course, we didn't saw so many deers, but especially in the summer month, August and all these months, um, July, June, August. Yeah, we saw a lot of animals and of course as you can imagine as a young boy if you go around with your bike and you are searching for uh, so different uh, so many different animals and you see them very often it was a lot of fun for me and i don't know why but i had a very good feeling to the fishes so this was the reason <laughs> why i went fishing maybe this has also something to do with swimming i'm not sure But I mean, it's, it's, there is something connected with water was, at least i was crazy going yeah. out and uh, for fishing some trouts And I was dreaming of this, uh, and I couldn't wait to yeah, to go to the lake. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was very focused on fishing and fishing and sport. I mean, fishing itself, I, I never did it. No. Um, but I guess it's about being patient, mm -hmm. waiting. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. at the right point to... Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Pull, which yeah. is kind yeah. of related to sport as well. You have to be patient. Yeah. Absolutely right, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, When you look back to your childhood, what was that one memory mm -hmm. you had related to swimming? Or when did you actually mm -hmm. start swimming? I was started swimming with, with uh, seven. So. I played football and my brother, the teacher of my brother uh, said, please go in the swimming club. I think you have more talent than everyone else in swimming to my brother. So as a younger one, you follow the older brother. So we ended up in a swimming club and um, for normally I, I wanted to play football. I was not focused on on a swimmer, and I asked my brother, "Hey man, what what we want to do here? It's uh, in the swimming pool. It's nice, but let's play football." But at my first competition, I won a silver medal, but only two people participate. <laughs> so I was the last. So you that. <laughs> but this was the motivation for me because um, I got a medal. And as you can imagine, as a seven years old boy, you get a medal or a trophy. You, yeah, it gives you motivation, actually. Absolutely. Silver already. Yeah. You mentioned in the, in the book, a new book, you mentioned about you were very slim and mm -hmm. sl small. Right, yeah. Which discouraged you a little bit because other people told you, you know, it's mm -hmm. not something for you. Or later on yeah. in your, in your te yeah. teenage age, you realize that yeah. you don't have that uh, body yeah. mass. But you also said in the, in the, in the book, You have to find your new, a new goal, a mm -hmm. new niche. Mm -hmm. 
was that a problem for you? You were being small or slim in your in yeah. your childhood, which you are actually not. I mean, yeah, there are yeah. other people who are having the I mean, I mean, no, it wasn't a problem for me because um, I always knew that, and I think this is a very important question everybody needs to answer for his or herself. Um, where are your talents? And I knew exactly that I'm good in long distance because I had not the physical masses of muscles so I was I wasn't a sprinter and especially in swimming um, I was at the age of 12 13 14 not so strong um, to be a very fast swimmer especially on the finish when this when we made the the, the, the turn to the last lap I couldn't be very strong at the finish because I had no muscles for that um, so endurance and stamina was my big advantage and um, yeah I was always focusing on the longer distances I said to myself okay I'm maybe a little bit smaller and weaker than everyone else but let the distance be long and I can beat everyone and so I was the long run naturally. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. and I know exactly that in the long distance running or swimming or whatever you feel a very strong pain over a longer period of time and this was exactly what was my advantage because I said to myself, this I will survive very easily, the pain. And everyone else cannot uh, suffer so long that I can. And this was, for my feelings, my advantages. And I said this every day to myself, so I start believing in that. <laughs> and uh, at the end, yeah, I was good in the longer distances. But you're right, for a normal human, I'm, I mean, I'm one, one meter 82, which is fine. But at the world class of swimming or in the level of world class of swimming, um, I wasn't so strong and so big than mm. my competitors. So this was a disadvantage. Yeah, but this is the reason why I end up in swimming 10K or 25 kilometers or even 5K. Yeah. So in your childhood, when you started the swimming at age of seven, mm -hmm. how many competitions did you do? Oh, was a it lot. Like yeah. Frequently, because yeah, I can imagine at that yeah. you know, speed, of course, it was mostly local competitions around in, in, Würzburg. In, in Würzburg, yeah. But I would say at least between eight and ten competitions a year, at least. Eight and ten. Yeah. And all supported from the family side. Right, right. Also. Absolutely. My parents drove me to the competition. They were there. They, take, they took the time and uh, we collected the medals. Uh, we collected everything there. Uh, they bought me the swimsuits, the tracksuits and the, the, the caps and the goggles and... Yeah. everything else the towels and yeah they supported me for more than 100 percent, and that's the reason why i'm very thankful to them and um, that we my brother and i had the opportunity to do this sport because without the support of my parents no chance to be successful yeah and they paid the training camps and all these kind of things and uh, this is only the parents can do that yeah, especially in these ages. Yeah, you mentioned once that success and losses are come coming mm -hmm. and going, but right. your values they stay. In your childhood, did you had specific values where you said, "Okay, I fight for that, yeah. I go for that"? Yeah. Already at the age seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. yeah, my parents always told me you're not allowed to give up. Um, they said it's not a big thing if you will finish at the last position, but. You need to be sure that for yourself you took everything what you can you you, you swim or you learn or whatever for 100 percent and at the end you see the result that if it's not satisfied then you need to uh, sit down and think about it why it didn't work out well but 
um, you need to fight against yourself and win against yourself. Mm. Then you are only able to win against others. And um, yeah, but of course, fairness was for me definitely uh, a big value. You only yeah. compete in a f under fair conditions. Um, yeah. So being a good team member was also for me very important and uh, yeah. training in a team uh, working together with friends and coaches and uh, parents and all these kind of things and i can remember that my father always said if you go to the victory ceremony if and you don't win and you are disappointed and if you don't uh, respect or give or show the winners you respect um then i will get serious problems <laughs> with my father <laughs> So this is something I learned from the beginning of sport. If somebody is better than you, you need to go there, congratulate him and be very fair. Yeah. But uh, also maybe you can learn something from them as well. Of course. Yeah. Because competition usually isolates you as well. You're not yeah. trying to learn from others. You're yeah. more like, you know, Absolutely. always on yourself Absolutely. all the time. Yeah. So I can imagine when you started to swim at age seven, that young age, I assume you started to wake up early, early, early in the morning and as a, that age or teenage is very difficult for you what is this one memory you had in my i, I don't know if you had, oh, there's probably most probably there will be several memories where you said okay that is not it's not the day where i want to swim is that of course specific i had many day, days like this but Even it's one one where you can really remember where you really yeah. made your parents mad or something yeah. like that <laughs> i had I had uh, many days like this. Mm. I would say even more days like this than days like when the when the wake up call was at five something, and I yeah. said, "Oh my God, I'm so happy to go in the swimming pool and go back to training." It wasn't the case like this. Mm. Um, but in especially memory. But right. always your parents woke you up, right? Right, 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 right. It's not yeah. from me, from yeah. yourself. Yeah. Okay. Always my parents, and they said to me, okay, if you want to be successful in the summer, yeah. in the summer we had for normally our Bavarian age group championships, yeah. then you need to train constantly, and the constant training is the secret to success. Yeah. So every week, every month, you need to train constantly. It makes no sense to train one, two days like hell, like a world champion, and do 25 kilometers a day, and then the next week you stay back home and you fall asleep the consistency is the most important factor and my parents my parents uh, teach me this from the early ages and for this i'm very thankful so when when you look back and you put this chapter the childhood chapter mm -hmm. um into a book chapter so let's say this is your book in mm -hmm. front of you right now mm -hmm. and that's the first chapter mm -hmm. What would it be called? Very happy <laughs> memories. Very happy, happy, me happy memories in the childhood. Just happy memories. Happy memories. All right. Will be first one. And the first one would be um, till what age? Until seven. Till seven. Yeah. Oh, till seven. Until till you seven. started. Okay, right. happy memories stopped uh, happy at memories. the age of starting to swim. I mean, the, the, happy <laughs> memory, the happy memories went on, of course, but I would say this was the second chapter is then this, this swimming chapter. And this is a long chapter more, for more than 25 years. But of course, before seven, I had also a lucky childhood and a very good childhood um, before my swimming career. And um, 
yeah, the second chapter is then starting swimming or just swimming. Just swimming, yeah. Mm. Have you done other sports than swimming? Yeah, since I did. I did. Age seven parallel because yeah, you mentioned yeah. about football. Yeah. Um, because I can imagine yeah. it's not just swimming all the time. Right, right. I played football also parallel for at least another two, three years. But then mm -hmm. I decided to myself um, because the problem was on the weekends we had the competitions in swimming and on the weekends we had the games in football. Okay. So I couldn't split myself to be on two locations with one yeah. person, of course. So I decided then to quit football and keep going swimming. Which team were you playing? Or were, were, you, were you in Gebron? In Gebron. This Gebron. is a very small village with around mm. 6,000 inhabitants, so very small. This was just a... Uh, we kicked the ball and 11 people running behind the ball so <laughs> of course there was no system and no serious training this was yeah. just fun yeah that was fun that was in the 90s right, Be right beginning right. of the 90s yeah. because i yeah. was actually part of that club too oh, but a little bit right. maybe later few yeah. years later mid mid 90s yeah, yeah. yeah. but it didn't turn out to become great yeah. but i was part yeah but this is this is you know these are the childhood memories when right. you look back um yeah. and to see how that place changed yeah. over time yeah. the people over there um so, going from the from the childhood to the teenage age, mm -hmm. and I want to move a little bit away from that swimming for mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. a little bit more to who you were yeah. at the time. You know, yeah. you went to school, yeah. later on study, etc. Yeah. How were you in the school? Yeah, not so good. School was for me a tough time because I trained before school and after school, and the teacher and uh, no one else in the class understood me because hey why why are you going to the swimming pool at 5:30 are you crazy what's the what's the sense what's the reason why you the, the teacher said to me please thomas you're not so good in math um, maybe it's better not going training in the morning and concentrate <laughs> more on the school things it was for me a very tough time because actually at this time i wasn't so good also in the in the school in a few subjects um, but I survived the school, um, but I remember a lot of hard and tough times during school. I was I had really uh, tough times in, in terms of like yeah being not as good as others in the school because yeah. I was focusing more on the sport. But for yeah. me, it was definitely first. Uh, for me, it was definitely clear that I want to finish school. Mm -hmm with the highest uh, possibility degree in Germany. This was for me quite sure. Also that afterwards I go to university and will finish it. But of course the, the focus was on sport. Yeah. And, and this was quite hard for me because at this time we didn't have a good support from the school side. I mean, yeah. nobody was behind me after only my parents and my swimming club. Um, that you train so much in the early ages that because it's normal in swimming that in the age of 12 or 13 you go one and a half hours before school in the swimming pool and um, yeah I had quite bad uh, how to say this marks in school or, or uh, uh, I wasn't as good as others in the school and I've, I was fighting to pass every year uh, the classes you mentioned about <laughs> fighting literally yeah. <laughs> had to fight um you mentioned about math that you yeah, right. weren't good in math yeah. uh, which subjects were you good at of course what oh besides, I sport. Was <laughs> besides sport after every after every year in school when we get our uh, how to say this not not diploma but when we get our 
degrees over the year. Yeah. And the only subject I was looking for was sport. Of course, I wanted to be the best in class in sport. I, there was no doubt that in not only in swimming, also in running and everything, I wanted to be the best in this in my school class. But uh, bes- I mean, I had also good uh, other subjects as, as but I w- uh, math I wasn't so fine and. Uh, uh, The other subjects is I was always between, uh, yeah, it, I would say in the middle class. Middle class. I wasn't so good, mm. but uh, I wasn't not a really, really bad uh, pupil. So I can imagine when you started to swim one, two hours in the morning, mm. you must be kind of exhausted during Depends, the day at yeah, that yeah. age. Yeah. Um, when you look back to your school times mm-hmm. how did you cope with that when you started to swim one two hours intensively in the morning mm-hmm. and in the afternoon in school mm-hmm. and then homework and everything how was that for you finding the balance between yeah. sport and yeah. school this was as i told you really difficult and this is i think that the most important or let's say the most critical part of every athlete especially in swimming because in swimming you start very early to train a lot and exactly when you're a teenager many good or high talented swimmers quit because the effort is really hard. You're tired in the afternoon and normally you need to do your homework and you're close to fall asleep. And But nowadays I realized that this was for me the best education because this shapes you and you need to keep going on your big goals. And mm-hmm. uh, You mean the balance between school and... Uh, yeah, school? right, right. Yeah. That yeah. Of course, if you want to achieve something really good, yeah, you need to train very good. You need to mm. accept very hard situations. You will not improve if you will not do something special. Yeah. And um, especially in the hard moments, you develop the most. So this was a good education in the teenager ages for me um, for the later life, I think. So nowadays for me, it's no... The, the strange thing is that in university, I was much better than in school. Afterwards, uh, when I graduated my MBA, I was very good. So this is. What do you think is the reason for? Is it the age difference? I mean, the teenage Definitely, age. Yeah, uh, you still is, have to think is. about yeah, different things. Yeah. 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 It is. It's yeah. the age, of course, and yeah. I think it's also that uh, in the younger ages, I learned a lot out of these hard situations between school and training, and you're not allowed to give up, and you learn that. You need to train for your goals a lot. But of course, with the age of 11 or 12, it's not possible to stand up in the morning and say, oh my God, my motivation is so high and I want to read the English book and then afterwards I go to training and do another 6K. This is not normal. I guess no one in the world is like this. Um, But it's a good uh, training for the later life. Finding the balance, I guess, is is the trick part. So... But... I need to say that to find the balance, it was also important for me to have something different, like fishing, for example. Just to relax. To relax and to get something completely different in your mind and you see something completely different. But everyone else has something different and you need to know exactly what is it for you that balances you out and give you another 100% energy for the next week. And this was also for me in the professional career as a swimmer still important, of course. And that I need to have something where I know that I can relax and recover very good at this. So fishing for you was kind of a way to 
release stress Definitely, or also yeah. just Definitely. to calm down yeah. literally yeah. and it has nothing Output. to do with school yeah and nothing to and do with swimming, swimming. Yeah. i mean there's water of course but this is <laughs> just a, but in general it has absolutely nothing to do nothing mm. to do with swimming yeah and i think this is important if you find a hobby or something where you can relax or recover it need to be something what is was no relation between your job and these kind of things where you recover. In the book where you came out a couple of years ago, you mentioned about that was chapter six about mental strength. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, mental strength is like literally 90% mm -hmm. of, or, or let's say, yeah, uh, maturity of it. Yeah. When you have mental focus, everything, it's yeah. Yeah. the training can uh, stay back. How important for you is the mental focus when it comes to swimming then I look back to your child uh, teenage age having this f fishing mm. who what would you advise young people at that age oh. of finding mental strength because mm -hmm. usually you know as a teenager you want to show yeah, you're better and you forgetting I, yourself mm -hmm. completely i think success is the biggest motivator which does exist if you achieve a goal you grow up and you feel yourself much better and much more You have much better self-confidence. And the most important question is to find out your personal strengths. You need to know where you are good in. And uh, for me, it was clear that in long distance things I'm good in. And um, this, and then afterwards you realize, okay, I take part at competitions in long distance running or swimming. And then you finish quite successfully. You win medals. And then your feeling is going better and better and you feel yourself better. And then it's starting that your, your mental strength is just growing. And um, this is the important thing that you need to find something where you're good in, where, you are, where your talents are. Some people are good in sports, some people are good in mathematics, another one are good in musicians or whatever. And you need to find out this and then you start growing because at this early stage, You realize that um, success will give you the biggest motivation. And uh, I would advise to every kid to find out their talents mm. and then keep going, especially in this kind of things. And then if you have the will to achieve something great, you have a lot of opportunities. If you stay healthy, you can achieve great things in your life. So it's more kind of a call to action to parents. Well. Definitely, 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 because the parents actually definitely. have the responsibility to look after their kids. Parents and teachers yeah. and coaches, everyone are absolutely, network around. absolutely, they are responsible to yeah. find out where you're good. And normally, this, the system of school is like this, but yeah. unfortunately, not every teacher discover or uh, discover your personal strength. And um, this is something we can discuss maybe I don't know one or two days without a break. But um, the teacher need to tell you where you're good in. And then I think it's important to support these kind of kids, especially in these kind of things, because then you grow up. If you know that I'm good in drawing or painting and I'm much better than everyone else and maybe I'm a very small, weak kid, mm -hmm. I say, oh my God, I, ha I have an ability in something where I'm much better than the rest of the class. And this gives you a lot of power inside and, yeah. and self-confidence. Yeah. So you mentioned about also mentors. You have to have the right mentor. Yeah. So your parents mm -hmm. were your mentors, literally, in your teenage age. Definitely, and my brother, my, for and sure. Brother. Yeah. Yeah. I had also some role models in, in football and everything when I watched TV. 
Yeah. Which, but, which ones, by the way? At this You're time, about the 90s. Yeah, at, at this <laughs> time, of course, like Lothar Mateus and all these okay. kind of players were played that I was, I was and I'm still a Bayern Munich fan. Okay, right, so, right, Jim. <laughs> yeah. But you're right, the biggest mentor, of course, are my parents <coughs> and then my brother. Yeah. yeah. So, talking about the school, mm -hmm. um, you went to Ingebron to the school. Mm -hmm. um, I read online and I was surprised, I didn't know that before, that you actually did study social uh, work, social yeah, work, yeah. work mm -hmm. yeah, in the FR in uh, Würzburg, Schweinfurt. Did you had always this kind of social uh, focus or this interest in, in social working during your school as well or and mm -hmm. teens? I think it was uh, also an education for my parents, especially my father for this point. He said, you always need to be very thankful when you're healthy. And if you have this kind of, uh, if you have this kind of condition that you are healthy over, over a longer time of period, and then you need to give something back and you need to take care of people who don't have the luck to be healthy over many years and, and this was for me some sentences i still have in my brain and this is the reason why i also in, the, in my later life founded a foundation yeah. for people who have disabilities and who still can do sports to support them because it's very necessary and important to give something back And yeah, I, I think that I have sure something social in my brain, mind or heart or whatever. And yeah, I, for me, it's important that everyone has a good feeling. And um, if I can help them to motivate and, and to do something for them, I feel, of course, much better. Yeah. What did motivate you actually to study? Uh, mm. become social worker? That Was it more like not just the, the heart, but because yeah. many would say, okay, after school, I'm done, focus yeah. entirely on my, yeah. my sport career only. Yeah, there were a few reasons. At first, it was for me clearly that after swimming, I also want to be successful. And to be successful for me, it was clear that I had to finish the university to have something. Because yeah. in the world of sport, it can happen very fast that you get a special injury or whatever, and you need to stop the swimming career. So I was prepared and focused to make a good education at the university. But um, it was also for me why I studied social work was definitely for me one reason that I like to motivate people and I like to give something back. Mm -hmm. And I had, the, I'm a very lucky person. I had the opportunity in my life to give something back, to to do sports over many years without any big problems. And yeah, giving back was always something I wanted to do. So... During your study, did you work uh, in some NGOs or did you do some social work here in Würzburg? Yeah, but uh, yeah, okay. we did. I was working all the time at the swimming club also okay. to do some swim lessons for kids and also for humans with disability. Okay. Um, this was for me also a good lesson to help them and how water was for them, of course, also a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was kind of a combination of what you loved doing with swimming right, right. in connection and with helping them helping out um, yeah. swimming one lane for example yeah um, I did this over many many years but during university it was of course a duty that we need to go to an NGO and do mm -hmm. something and I was also let me remember in a kindergarten 
and uh, what else I did in a, in a social consulting office I was there um, yeah so what was that one memory you remember when you gave back when you had this in like uh, children with disabilities I can tell was you there exactly. a specific memory you had mm -hmm. in mind we have in Würzburg also a, a, a basketball club and um, we have a basketball club also for disability for people with disability they play basketball in a wheelchair and I founded my foundation and then we said okay once in a year we do a really big event mm -hmm. where people can do sports with disability and without disability mm -hmm. so we decided that our first league basketball club plays against the basketball club with disability in a wheelchair both teams are in a wheelchair and the result of course was I don't know 40 to 2 <laughs> for the team with a disability and there were around about 1,000 uh, spectators and there was a small kid or many small kids and they went to the people with the wheelchair and mm -hmm. said, please give me a signature on the, on the, on my jersey and on my book and everything and on my ticket. And these uh, kind of people afterwards came to me and said with tears in their eyes and said, please, it was so nice that uh, this was the first time we need to give a signature and to have the feeling that you wanted to give something back and it worked out really well was a very satisfying feeling for me and I knew exactly that we did something right and this memory I still have. You kind of, by giving it back, also transfer life values. The values you yeah, have actually, yeah. never giving up. Yeah. No matter what yeah. other people say. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually what you communicate to them. Absolutely. Yeah. When I was a young kid, I, couldn't, I could not imagine to be an Olympic medalist or several times world champion. Yeah. This was... Um, not even to imagine in a serious way that I can win medals in yeah. my life at the Olympic Games. I only watched Olympic Games in TV and yeah. to win their medals was absolutely far away from the reality at this time. Um, so my career as a sportsman um, is also yeah, an authentic way when I describe to people that it makes sense to fight every day and it's not allowed to give up. And at the end of hard work, hard work, and commitment will be success but of course it lasts many months or even years and I, I think it doesn't matter if you train for the Olympic Games or if you train for your personal goal whatever it is um, you need to believe in something and you need to follow and chase your big dream and if you're working hard every day you can achieve it and this is something I wanted to give back to everyone doesn't yeah. matter if it's people with disability or young kids or at universities or doesn't matter it's not even related to sport it can also right, be absolutely. like career wise uh, definitely definitely any uh, passion you have right right yeah. Yeah. so that you mentioned about the chapter one is till age seven mm. happy memories uh, when we started from seven your age where you started mm. to swim till what age should that next chapter be oh this is for normally if i call it swimming then it's until <laughs> 35 um, <laughs> when it's a teenage age okay, let's say teenage, teenage age, age when yeah. we say till maybe till till 18 or something yeah um or yeah. till the study or it's yeah. a school yeah. for an example how you can say 18 then because 18, yeah. then uh, i finished school i was happy that i finished school because it was a hard time for me yeah. tough time to go to training and to um yeah survive the classes every year and then afterwards I went to military 
So 18 is a good age where you can say this is another chapter. Yeah. Then, yeah. So how would you call this chapter then? from 7 to 18? Hard years, hard years. Hard years. Yeah, so related to sport and related to school. Right, right. And then hard teenager, years. of course, teenager feelings and all these kind of things. But this was hard days. And at now I can say that because of these years, I worked pretty hard. Um, how to say this, I deserved the success in my later life. This was just the base because I learned there that you need to train to be successful, that you need to be very focused uh, on your goals. And if you keep your focus to the goals and you can succeed afterwards. I mean, it's, I guess it's also about routine and being patient. Definitely. Yeah, That's yeah. I think that everyone needs to, to yeah. focus on. That's what I, for example, when I, when I, with my work currently, Everyone was trying to start startups mm. with entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Any entrepreneur actually has to be patient. Definitely, yeah. It has to have that yeah. willpower of saying, yeah. okay, that's yeah. a bad day. Yeah. But it's not the end of the world Definitely, because yeah. we have a team to yeah. fight back. Go on, yeah. Yeah, and that in the teenage age, probably finding this mm -hmm. routine is something which mm -hmm. building the foundation. Yeah. And you can build everything on top. Yeah. And the advantages in sport that you do it in very young ages. At at 11 or 12 yeah. and uh, yeah yeah so hard years yeah hard years till 18 yeah from 18 you study started to study yeah. Uh, social at yeah at first i was one year at the military yeah. because this was of course it's in germany duty but it was not was it military in your age yeah it was oh, mandatory, mandatory? Yeah. and then a few years later was like a choice right, between right. civil okay in my age when <laughs> i was 18 it was mandatory from the government you need to go there i was there for 10 months at this time um it was for me fine i mean the first two months were pretty hard yeah and the education in the forest and everything that was absolutely <laughs> a nightmare but um it was also something you learned a lot out of this yeah um, of course, discipline, I learned in the sport. So for me, it was very easy to stand up early in the morning. But I think for many humans or people or kids, um, you learn a lot out of this. But of course, you have to say that sometimes you do a lot of crazy things, which makes no sense, of course. Tell me which crazy things. Yeah, at the, at the military. You need to clean up your, your stuff like 100 times. And uh, yeah, you, you do just stupid things yeah. the best way then is to turn off your brain and don't think about it and um, because it's just uh, making you weak in your mind it's just an order you have to yeah. fulfill yeah. yeah so i think it's good for people or it was good for people who need some discipline in their mm. life but i would say that at these ages i already had the discipline because of the sport yeah so from the sports, from the fitness level side, it was not a problem at all for you. Yeah, it, the military. It, 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 it was the first two months I, I couldn't train because these kind of educations you don't have time to do. Yeah. So this was a disadvantage for me at this time. Then I can remember that the next big competition I was really bad and I, I was disappointed. Um, but then the next, it was 10 months, the duration of the, being part of the military. And the eight months I couldn't train very good. I had the opportunity to train from six to eight in, a, mm. in the afternoon again, and then I made a huge step. So at the end, I need to say that the military gave me the opportunity to develop in in swimming, and uh, I grew up there in the in the in the pool at this time in the fifteen hundred meters freestyle. And at this time, when I was at military, 
Um, my best time exploded like round about 45 seconds. This is a very big, big step. So I'm also a little bit thankful that I had the opportunities at the military to go to, to train. Swimming, yeah. Yeah. But I can see that you always had to find a balance wherever you yeah, are, military, definitely. to find yeah. actually time for yeah. swimming in the morning. Yeah. It's not like you know you have time in the morning, yeah. do whatever yeah. you want to do. Always had to yeah. find the balance. Yeah. Yeah. The location where you are yeah. and, the, and, the yeah. and, the, and the space. Yeah. At that time when you were in the military, where was it? Was it near Nuremberg? It was, uh, no, it was uh, near Feitzsicheim. Uh, it, uh, it, it was close to Okay, Feitzsicheim. I used to live in Feitzsicheim. Yeah, I was in Feitzsicheim. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Feitzsicheim, nice. Yeah. Uh, so you lived one year in Feitzsicheim uh, oben in, in Gartensiedlung, right? Yeah, right. But, but, I yeah. Could, but I could stay, I, I could sleep at home only the first two months. Mm -hmm. I need to stay at the military base. But then I went to, I was there in Kulsheim. This is a little bit far away. But then the next eight months I was in Feitzsicheim. And I had a good opportunity to, to go to training and everything. Yeah. So it was good. That's good, great. So... After military service, mm -hmm. what did you do? What was the next then step Then I for started you? social work. Exactly. Spread after. Without any... Uh, even after school, I had exactly one day off. And after one day off, I went to military. I, I said to myself, um, I don't need some holidays or vacations. But this is something I learned also out of sport. That, um, yeah, yeah, I had no time to go on holidays so i went ex directly after school to military it was just one weekend in between and then after military i went directly to the university in würzburg and studied social work this was a quite good time for me because there i had um, i could uh, organize my own time schedule for the university mm -hmm. which was for me quite good because i had because of the sport, a good time management. I knew exactly how to plan and how to concentrate on your goal and how to find out your goal mm. and then keep going for the goal. This was for me quite simple. Um, I developed even more in swimming and at this time I grew up to a national champion in the 5K, 10K and 1,500 meter freestyle. So the university time was for me the time I um, turned into a professional swimmer, yeah. I would say. I guess in, at that time you also had to become a project manager because it's yeah. about timing, finding the it right timing, the, yeah, definitely. planning ahead, definitely. tournaments, yeah. and yeah. you started a professional swimmer. Yeah. I cannot imagine how, not just the yeah. trainings, logistic-wise. Yeah. It is, it is. You have to become a project manager. Definitely. You need to, before every semester, I need exactly to know where I want to do my, my tests and, uh, where and, yeah, and how I need to plan all these things with the, the tournaments, the competitions, the training camps, because you had a lot of training camps and the training camps are not in Würzburg, they are somewhere else. And you need to focus before the training camp what I need to learn for university. You know, to you need to go to your professor and say uh, what's going on there, what I need to learn. And you need to have a plan. Without a plan, you will not survive the, the swimming career and the university. And a plan ahead, literally a plan for the yeah. next short term and long term. Yeah. You mentioned that in your book, actually, uh, the short term and long ter mm -hmm. term goals. Mm -hmm. You need to have a short term goal, you need to yeah. have a long term yeah. goal. Yeah. And you mentioned about this imaginary mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. big picture. Mm -hmm. At that age, when you just, you know, you, you needed to study, did you had, well, obviously, short term goals over a couple of months' time, but did you also have this long term goal? like participating yeah, in world cup and yeah. 
Yeah. Olympic Games, actually. Yeah, definitely. We had the Olympic Games. This was the long-term goal because it's every four years. And I, when I turned into a professional swimmer, I said to myself, my biggest goal is to take part at the Olympic Games because if you are a swimmer, you are in an Olympic sport and the Olympic Games is the highest possible goal you can achieve. I said to myself, okay, I want to take part at this Olympic Games. This was the long-term goal, but sometimes it's four years to the next Olympics. And exactly at this time, it was uh, in 2000, I said, okay, now I have four years and to go to the next Olympics in Athens in 2004. And this was my long-term goal, but I had a lot of short-term goals. These are national championships, World Cup races, and these kind of goals are very important um, because then afterwards you know exactly where you need to improve. Um, you see the results, you need to analyze your results, you need to know where exactly you need to improve more to um, yeah, make your big goal in, in four years for the Olympics. And because it's not possible to train four years in a row without any competition and without mm. any goal in between, because then you train and you you don't know exactly where it's up and down. I mean, yeah. you don't have anything to compare and nothing. This is not sensible. Yeah. So this planning ahead, mm -hmm. I assume, gives you a lot of self-confidence. Because yep. you have that goal in mind yep. and goal yep. in mind and you yep. do small steps in between. Right. When you did finish the, the mm. university, mm. Um, did you take over immediately that end goal? That Olympic Games or was it more or smaller goals in between more important for you? How, how important is this yeah. planning yeah. ahead? Yeah, the long-term goal, the Olympics, was yeah. for me the goal when I wake up at 5.30 and uh, I need to know that now you need to go to the training. Yeah. This was exactly the goal I had in my head. But yeah. of course, I al always knew exactly what's the next competition and what are my goals at the ne next competitions. And especially I knew exactly um, yeah, which person I need to beat and uh, not to beat at the yeah. competitions. At that time, you must probably communicate quite a lot. So, um, at that time, you uh, traveled quite a lot, I assumed, already, you know, uh, yeah. once you finished study. Yeah. with the World Cups, and how frequent were you back home in Würzburg? And how important was that mm. for you being it was back very home, very for your family and yeah, everyone else? Because here I always had a good regeneration, and I could fill up my power level again. So, Würzburg was for me extremely important i was always happy after every competition doesn't matter how successful i was doesn't matter which city it was and even it was very pretty cities or whatever i was very happy to come back home so what did you do in this i assume you were only here for a few days sometimes yeah, right right what did you do in this few days in Würzburg? i had a very good training um conditions here yeah. and um, i was focused on the recovery uh, I was just training in the morning, then afterwards go back home, yeah. um, try to recover, and then afternoon training again. Besides the training, what, would, what did you do besides the training? S just stay back home yeah. with my family and friends. Yeah. This was the most important thing for yeah. me. I mean, for, for the listeners who don't know, Würzburg is more known for wine, wine yeah, festivals yeah. and all this yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. Uh, did you attend a lot of wine festivals or is no, it not no. nothing for you? Uh, I mean, I, I was there for, uh, for dinner just to eat, but not yeah. for drinking a lot of wine. Yeah. I'm not the kind of person who likes wine a lot. I, I can drink something, of course, but I was not focusing on these kind of things, especially Würzburg is not so big. And uh, when we had Olympic years or world championship years, 
Um, of course, in Würzburg, nearly everyone knew me. So when I went there, everybody was speaking to me. And that was something where I couldn't relax very good because the people speak about swimming and about your goals and about winning gold medals and everything. Yeah. And after the training, you need to have time for yourself or for your family when you can focus again and not speaking again about your goals because there's a time where you need to shut down your thoughts about your swimming. It's always going to be the same conversation anyway yeah. and you need yeah. to switch off. Um, when you went back to Munich, uh, Munich Würzburg, um, were there some mentors here? I mean, talking about mm -hmm. mentors, about other yeah. athletes, the mm -hmm. same kind of yeah. age group, yeah, um, yeah. not necessarily swimming, yeah, other sports, but yeah. were you had where you learned something from yeah. i had some sponsors of course they were mm. not in my ages yeah. but i had some sponsors who supported me and entrepreneurs very successful entrepreneurs okay and these were for me also some mentors and i learned a lot out of them um how they live their life how they set goals and they are extremely a lot of parallels between the world of sport and uh, to be an entrepreneur so what is the what is for you when we when we talk about sport entrepreneurship? Mm -hmm. What did you learn at that time when you went back frequently to uh, Pittsburgh? What did you learn from them, mm -hmm. which was related to entrepreneurship? Mm -hmm. Dealing with pressure, for example, yeah. um, they have a lot of employees and they need to pay out the employees every month, so the business need to run. So keep running, literally. Yeah, you have right. to find a solution. Right, yeah. you have to find a solution. And in swimming, it was the same before the Olympics. Everyone speaking about the gold medal, about the gold medal, and how you deal with the pressure. Um, this was something, and yeah, and also in setting different goals, especially when I was older, I knew exactly how important is it to find something different besides swimming. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the in the in the business career, and I also saw there are a lot of parallels to the entrepreneurs because it's always over many many years you need to be successful not just for 10 you need to mm. be for 20 years 30 years and how they manage this to be successful over 50 years now i'm working here as oliver this is for an example they founded in 1996 so uh, now sorry 1969 so it will be 50 years mm -hmm. next year just an incredible successful story and how they manage this over mm -hmm. so many years and yeah this has something to do with finding good employees motivate people achieving goals setting goals and all these kind of things i guess it also comes down to as you said motivating the team it's right. also not just finding yeah. the right team it's giving everyone each employee yeah. Yeah. the opportunity or to yeah. create this environment that they yeah. feel comfortable in right and to give the extra mile yeah um and i think this is also for many entrepreneurs they're forgetting not just the end goal of the product, they need to yeah. look after the team. Because yeah. the team, in the end of the day, is building yeah. it. I need to say that as a sportsman, yeah. I was only successful because uh, I had so good team members. Yeah. I was training all my life in good teams. And this is the reason why I end up with uh, so many titles. Yeah. So when I look back to your book um, and looking to the third chapter, the third chapter after the military service, mm -hmm to social university, university then, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and then actually really looking into the professional career yeah. in, in a more yeah. intense way. Yeah. How would you summarize that? How would you, when you look back and say, okay, how mm -hmm. would you give it a name or a title? I and would say professional would, career. Just professional career. Mm -hmm. Because there I was ex extremely focused on, on the goals. Nothing else was for me important. I had 
365 days a year the possibility to train i was training on christmas evening because i knew that exactly at this time someone else in the world one of my competitors are not training this evening but i will train i train on on birthdays on new years and everything and for me it was the biggest thing to achieve my goals in in sport and this was after university until i finished my career in swimming so i would say between 23 roundabout or 24 mm -hmm. to 30 so 10 years to 30 to 35 and um yeah at this time i was a professional swimmer 365 days a year from monday to sunday with no excuses and um, focusing on my personal goals but this is exactly the parallels to the entrepreneur only in combination with my team so everyone mm -hmm. else was training and trying to do the best for our goal when i wanted to be a world champion my girlfriend knew exactly what it means my mother knew exactly what it means my father my brother all the teammates all the sponsors all yeah everything you talked about the team and entrepreneurship um, and I'm just thinking back about when you said about studying professional career, early 20s. I read in the, in the book you released about your adjustment from short distance, mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. short mm -hmm. distance in athlete terms, yeah, yeah, yeah. to long distance yeah. in the age of 23, 24, yeah. 25. Yeah. When you realized at that time that your body mass wasn't mm -hmm. like ready, mm -hmm. How did you cope with that? Was it more like you were frustrated because yeah, you reached yeah, your limit? Yeah, definitely. Well, literally, yeah. you did everything. Yeah, right. I was very disappointed. Uh -huh. This was especially after the Olympics 2004. Yeah. I love to swim the 1,500 in the pool. I love it still more than doing the 10K in open water. But yeah. this was for me the distance I wanted to be the best. But I need to realize that no chance. I will have no chance. It doesn't matter how much I will train. I'm just a little bit too weak to be one of the best in 1,500 in the pool. I was in the world between eight and 15. So it, it is not bad, but um, I was just too weak and too small because these kind of people who won these races had much bigger hands, much bigger foots, and they have more talent for this kind of discipline. And then afterwards I said to my brother, okay, what we can do? I have the possibility to keep going on this distance, make another Olympics, Mm -hmm. can participate nice but i have also the chance to go on a 10k open water swimming and be the best in the world i said oh my god why 10k swimming seven and a half times longer distance in harbors of the world and seas and lakes and who why i wanted to be a 1500 meter freestyle swimmer but i need to realize he said that you will not be there a gold medal winner at the olympic games it's just not possible because you can measure exactly where are your disadvantages. If you mm -hmm. do it in a professional way, my limits were definitely clear in this kind of distances. I will never be the best in the world. This is not, this is, for example, very easy example. If you are a basketball player, it's good to be two meters and 15, for mm -hmm. example. Yeah. And if you are one meter and 80, maybe you can be a good basketball player. But in general, the advantage if you are two meters and 15 is much better than one meter 80. Yeah. Even as a, if you're small, you have other um, yeah. advantages, but right. in but, general, yes. But, but if you look at the best basketball players in the world over the history, many of them are very, very big. Mm -hmm. So you will not find someone with one meter and 80. Yeah. Normally, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, these kind of people are 
over two meters. Mm. But in the basketball, in the world of basketball, maybe two meters is not as big as two meters and uh, fourteen. But doesn't matter. I wanted to say that um, my abilities were limited, and you need to accept that your abilities in these kind of things are limited. But you will find this out in the world of sport. Um, how to how to say this in English? Um, it's proven because you know exactly how much weight you can press. You know exactly, you can measure everything. Yes, it's measured. It's technical terms. It's measured. And it's measured that I have a higher talent in longer distances. So then I said to myself, okay, I need to go this way and find this niche and then be the best in the world. And this is also something in, the, in terms of the business world. You need to find a place where you are the first one or you need to find a place uh, where nobody else have, can give your clients so many values and someone else and you need to find this kind of niche which is very important to be yeah. the, the best then. you mentioned about your brother that mm -hmm. you actually spoke with your brother during that times in the early 20s mid yeah. 20s yeah. how important was this, your brother very because important. it seems yeah. like your brother is literally your yeah. teammate yeah Next he was he was when i was younger he was my teammate we swam together at yeah. competitions i learned a lot out of him of course he was my role model he was very successful in the younger ages much better than i yeah. and then uh, he stopped swimming and then he started getting a assistant coach and then afterwards my coach and we always spoke a lot about the sport and this i'm very thankful for him i had i wouldn't win i wouldn't win anything without my brother because yeah as an older brother it's sometimes very normal that he's your role model but yeah. we still have of course a good relationship and we always had a good relationship but i spoke a lot with him and he was a book in terms of uh, sports science he know he knew every world record in swimming in running in everything and he knew exactly what times you need to swim to be at the end at this time and compared to the heart rates and in compare your lactate and all these kind of values yeah. you can find out in the training he knew everything it's good to have someone like this uh, definitely, it's li definitely. living wikipedia will give right. you the end goal this is exactly the right word yeah. uh, the living wikipedia yeah. he was the only <laughs> coach after every weekend he knew exactly where my competitors were in the world what kind of competition they swam how they swam the competitions what time what are what was the disadvantages what what was the mistake there yeah. He was, or he still is, a living Wikipedia <laughs> in terms of uh, being a coach. But I'm just thinking about when someone encourages you, knows yeah. where you want to go, yeah. and know yeah. all the facts and details, yeah. It, yeah. you feel so much more self-confidence. Because you know uh, that yeah. your teammate or your brother yeah. know all the facts. Yeah. If you want to be there, he tells yeah. you where you this should is, go. This is, for example, the same or the parallels in the business world. You have a board and every board member is responsible for something. And if you know that exactly you have a good board member in terms of being a CFO or in a financial perspective or in marketing or doesn't matter or in sales, that um, as a CEO, you can sit back and know exactly that this kind of person is very good in this specific theme. And this was exactly for me as an athlete i knew exactly that my coach my brother is knows everything in terms of uh, sport science and how to train and how yeah i was very confident that he will bring me to the best shape i can be at the world championships or olympic games yeah talking about the world championships um olympics 
European championships. I mean, you traveled a lot, and I'm not going to go into all these at um, championships. But what, when I researched, what most interested me was about how you coped with traveling. Because sometimes the time difference, not all the time, but sometimes the time difference, sometimes the food yeah, on site. Yeah, yeah. You talked about Shasha, while we're currently yeah. living in, uh, around the world, literally. Asia, Europe, US. How did you cope with that? Were there some areas where, or the memories you remember where the food yeah, didn't at help the beginning, you? At the beginning, I was stoked to travel a lot because it was new experiences and everything but when i grew up and it was getting normal for me i hated to travel because this took a lot of time going to airport waiting for the plane delayed delayed plane and uh, you didn't get the food you want to get you couldn't sleep enough you need to rest because you have to know that every time if you go somewhere you have competition there you need to be best in your best physical condition Mm -hmm. And then we went to South America. I was always sick in Argentina. Every year I was sick in Argentina. I don't know why. It's because of the food? Or because of the food, yeah. yeah. Because of the food or the water quality, I'm not sure. But one of these two reasons are definitely the reason. Uh, I was also very often sick in China, also because of the food or the, the water. And you need to fight against this. And this makes you sometimes really yeah, disappointed because you trained many, many months for this competition. You will go there and then... You're sick, but in a professional career, you need to focus also on this one. You bring your own food with you and mm. all these kind of things that you didn't get sick at the competition. But of course, you can write a book about this. Uh, yeah. How is it to fly 14 hours in a plane and being sick? It's yeah. horrible. And um, yeah, you gain a lot of experiences being in different countries or continents and um, you get to know the habits of eating there and you yeah but you need to deal with this because the competitions are not always in Würzburg of course yeah I mean this is Würzburg you went to Frankfurt airport right, right. From here, Würzburg. Always, always Frankfurt, Frankfurt not yeah. okay um, well Frankfurt is the central airport yeah, yeah, where yeah. you can go everywhere without a stop yeah. in between right. um, I cannot imagine how frequently you will tra- you traveled and I was always wondering, did you had actually time to see the city where you went? Or did yeah, you want to see the city mm-hmm. or were you just focusing yeah. on always competition? Yeah. And swimming? Well, normally you were focused on the competition, yeah. um, especially on the important competitions. But uh, sometimes you have, after the race, a little bit time to see the city. But this was also for me something important because traveling around the world um, will also develop your, your personal point of view. I mean, you grew up also as a human if you see a lot of different Mm -hmm. countries and cities and all these kind of things. So it was also important for me and for my development, for my personal development, to see so many different countries. Um, But you're right, you're focused on your goal and your goal is to win the race. It doesn't matter if it's in Würzburg, Dubai, New York or whatever. Uh, Go there, do your job and after the job you can see some whatever. Whatever. You mentioned you were twice or three times in Shasha in the UAE. Yeah. And you mentioned about this. I thought, like, okay, you know, my, you know quite well Shasha actually. It uh, is. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. I do. Yeah. I have a lot of pictures in my uh, in my mobile phone. I think where we trained and uh, we had a in, in we had 
some jellyfishes there also during the races. I read online, and I'm not sure if that that was. I think it was in Dubai that dolphins mm -hmm. were swimming yeah, next to it. Is, it dolphins, is, yeah, yeah. Right, also right. And right. jellyfish, obviously, yeah. yeah. Jellyfishes, I can remember, and um, dolphins. We had also in in Abu Dhabi. We had dolphins, where the huge flag is. Um, yeah, we, we were quite often there every year. At least two, three competitions we had there. Yeah. Did you usually combine that with other uh, tournaments around uh, that region or it was like one yeah. way only and then return? No, the, the, the calendar from the FINA, which is the World Swimming Federation, is of course scheduled like you don't need to go back and forth again. So they start for normally in January in South America. In March they are in Middle America. Then they move to Europe in the summer. When in Europe summer they have the competition there. Um, and then in September and October we have it Asia and uh, Dubai. Okay. This so is well for okay. normally the, the tournament. Okay, so you have everything like kind of planned right. throughout yeah, the year, yeah, 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 beginning yeah, of the year. Yeah, yeah. So I want to look into the chapters in the last one, you mm -hmm. literally the whole professional mm -hmm. life chapter. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned about the professional career started early 20s. Mm -hmm. Till I don't want to say retired. You know, people say usually you're retired, but it sounds like, you know, you're retired from something. But actually, it's the passion you always keep in life, mm -hmm. you know, for swimming. You cannot retire from something you love. Um, it's just more the professional aspect. Yeah. How long would that next chapter be from the, uh, the professional career? Till what time would you say this is like, it defines you? Is it till that time you yeah. stopped compete competing yeah. professionally? Yeah. I stopped competing with 35 and then afterwards I went directly to the university again. I made an MBA, yeah. but it was a part-time MBA on weekends in Düsseldorf. And then I was focusing on my business life and uh, private life, of course, also. I get two kids, two boys. Now one is two years old, another one is four years old. And um, I set the goals in the same way I did it in sport. And I would say... Now it's professional life in the business perspective, but in childhood shoes. Maybe. In childhood shoes, <laughs> entrepreneurship. Yeah. So how important was it for you to go back to Würzburg, to literally live here now, You're yeah. more permanent, obviously. Yeah. How was that for you the first few months and years? Very important because I had the opportunity to go to Hamburg. Okay. Nice city, but uh, I couldn't live there for... Uh, many many years so i decided to myself to stay here in würzburg yeah. i mean to to live here around this area but of course you never know and you need to be flexible in terms of uh, your job if you have a good offer you need to go somewhere else of course i will do that but i'm happy to be here and this is just my hometown and um, yeah it's also for me comfortable because my grandparents are here uh, my mother is here and the grandparents from my wife are here for the two kids so they can take care and mm. I think it's also important for the kids to have grandfathers and grandmothers it's good um, yeah my brother is here I'm a president of the swimming club which is very big we have 3,000 members and SV Würzburg yeah, yeah. yeah. it was the biggest swimming club in Europe because we have so many members and I have here also some yeah things where I'm responsible for what I found most encouraging in you is that once you, I call it now retired, when you mm -hmm. once you finish your professional career, is you emphasized a lot on empowering young people. Mm -hmm. That was the book, 2012 mm -hmm. came out, and a few li later as your professional career. And it, how important is it for you to empower? 
empower young people. Because I can, I can totally relate to that. Yeah, yeah, with yeah, me, yeah, my work yeah. right now, empowering yeah. young students. Yeah. How important is it for you to give a message yeah. to young people, not it, just in sport, yeah. in entrepreneurship yeah. as well? It's very important because um, I do a lot of speeches in front yeah. of uh, enterprises, in front of schools, in front of universities, doesn't matter. And it gives me a senseful job. And to have a job which is sensible is uh, it's just a great uh, thing and it makes a lot of fun because you know exactly that what you're doing have a sense. This is the same like in sport. If you go at 6 o'clock in the morning in the pool and swim for two hours, which is hard work, but you know exactly for what you are doing this. You know exactly it's for the Olympics, mm -hmm. for example. Yeah. And uh, when I'm doing now the speeches, I knew exactly that the people who listen to me um, I want to share with them my experiences as an athlete. I want to share them how important is it to focus on goals. And I would just want to give them motivation. And um, this is for me a very sensible job. And this is for me fun. So um, I do these speeches um, beside my job at S. Oliver, where I'm a business developer and a personal assistant to the owner of the company, um, which allows me to show up the parallels between this world of sport and the world of business and yeah motivating people is something what i just like and uh, yeah for me personally this is a sensible job and this is a very good thing if you can do this I mean, it's also very meaningful fulfilling yeah, yeah, yeah. personal Full fulfilling yeah. right, right. Um, <laughs> um because when you just mentioned about motivation it's fulfilling because yeah. you identify yourself yeah. Um, and to give other people the, the belief. Yeah. You believe in yeah. other people. Yeah. To yeah. give them the belief so they can achieve it, mm -hmm. most probably. You talked about you talking, you started to have some uh, talk, plenty of talks. Um, I assume schools, universities, um, corporates, I guess, mm -hmm. as well. When, uh, when you do the talks in the schools, mm -hmm. uh, what age groups are these? Completely different. Mm -hmm. um, between, or I would say it starts at the age of 12 to, doesn't matter then. I mean, 18, yeah, 19 sure. when they finish school or. So what is this one message you teach them? Yeah. Uh, or you tell them from yeah. 12 to 18? Yeah. Because they are right. teenage mm -hmm. age, you know, they're still trying to figure yeah. out. And I, d I try to tell them that if you want to be successful in something, you need to work for this. It will not fall, fall out from the sky. And you need to work for your goals. And I want to encourage them that they can achieve something they should need to find their personal strength this is a very important thing and they should listen to the teacher to the parents and to the kind of people who are around you who want to give to you the best recommendations and yeah, these are the main things and just to set goals doesn't matter in, 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 if it's in school or in private interest, like in sport and everything. Setting goals is important and never giving up. You can't set a goal today and achieve it tomorrow. This is not possible. You need to work for the goal. And um, that losing is a part of this. Of course, I will tell them. Yeah. But always with examples in my career that they will not fall asleep during the speech. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the pictures and everything, right, the success yeah. stories you had. Yeah. Right? Um, would you tell yourself something different if you now would have the opportunity to talk to your, to a 13, 14 year old Thomas mm -hmm. Lutz? Would mm -hmm. you tell yourself something 
I would you, say, what advice would you give yourself? I would say, Thomas, age. believe in the things you are doing and listen to your parents. Even sometimes you are angry about it, just be quiet and tell them, thank you, mom, thank you, dad, for the good <laughs> recommendation. I will follow this. And uh, yeah, of course, during the teenager, ages, it wasn't very easy to go twice a day to the swim training. So of course we had also trouble back home, which is normal. But yeah, if I could, yeah. And I just listen to that, listen to your parents more. I mean, I did this, but of course, sometimes you are angry about it, yeah. but and then you start uh, yeah, quarreling back home and uh, speaking with your mom and your dad and yeah, this um, don't make sense at all. Um, this is a waste of power and energy for yeah. my parents and of course for me also, then it's better to save the energy and um, do the things what they recommend yeah and to acknowledge that as well because yeah. they're more experienced Definitely, mentors yeah. actually mm -hmm. not yeah. that you know it all better you know an entrepreneur you're shifting this from mm -hmm. sport to entrepreneurship and mm -hmm. there's so many alignments mm -hmm. both together sport is literally kind of entrepreneurship mm -hmm. you have to learn to give uh, you know never give up etc mm -hmm. etc what's your next chapter so mm -hmm. I was always interested about mm -hmm. people's what's the next chapter and we talked about the professional mm -hmm. career yeah. um, the few last couple of years mm -hmm. are there the beginning of a next chapter in your life I think so yeah, I would say like this yeah and what would that chapter be called mm -hmm. um, leading people leading people mm -hmm. leading people and where would you want to aim for you talked mm -hmm. about like um, big goal not short, short, short goal yeah, yeah. Uh, big goal what is your big goal for the next couple of years i think there are two possibilities um, leading people means for me to get a job with a very big responsibility and to lead as much people as are possible roundabout so in a huge corporation to be on a top management position But what I also can imagine that, of course, to be an entrepreneur, because I started doing the speeches and this is a lot of fun for me. I do it for myself and I see that this is a sensible, meaningful job. Um, I think this will show up in the next years, which way I, I will be, if it's in the management, only in the management corporation um, way, or if it is going to the entrepreneur way. I think um, for both things because you need to motivate your team you need to motivate people i like to do some strategic work um yeah what is the first thing on because here in in, in germany uh, monday is the first week of the day of the week right. not like in charge on sunday right. yeah. what is the first thing you do on a monday morning to empower your team uh, for normally uh, <laughs> it's the same schedule like the days before i go to swimming or i do one hour sport and then afterwards i feel myself much better this is also important because i do the sports because i feel myself better afterwards so you're looking after yourself right actually first right. in the morning and then yeah. i can motivate the people better because i have a better mood and um, when yeah. i did the training in the morning i can have a good breakfast because i said to myself oh you burned a lot of calories so now you can take a good breakfast or a good lunch you deserve it yeah right yeah and this then you have a much better mood and then the people feel this and then you can motivate the people better um 
Yeah, but the, the Monday for me after the weekend, you go and you see your employees and say, hey, what's going on? How was the weekend? And did you get enough power now to start the next week? And what's the upcoming goals this week? Uh, what do you want to achieve in this week? Because standing up in the morning and don't know what are your goals at this day, it's better mm -hmm. to stay in the bed and think about it, I always say to myself. Yeah. And um, yeah, to, and to give them the feeling that they, are, that they are part of the team. Yeah. It's very important. That feeling being part of the team, so you're doing it together. Yeah. Um, the reason why I'm asked that Monday morning kind of yeah. team meeting is because you set actually the goal for the end of the week. Oh, or the <laughs> remind yeah. everyone at the yeah. end of the go end, end of the year. Yeah. So yeah. how do you remind your team yeah. what needs to be taken in action for this week yeah. and not to forget the overall goal yeah. of the year, let's say. Definitely. How do you, yeah. what is the technique behind when you? Yeah, I mean, on, on Mondays, as you said, if they um, describing the goal for the day or for the week, that um, I always need to, tell them especially at the end of the week or after two weeks or after three weeks it depends on that we still are on the same way to the big goal if it's in the next year or in two years or is it this does this goal um, belong to our big strategic goal and then the people need to always know exactly the strategy everyone need to know the strategy the big strategy with the big goals It need to be absolutely understandable, and and only if the people understand the strategic goals, the big goals, I mean the long-term goals, then they are able to see the parallels to the short goals, and they need to know exactly. And this is the thing why they, you can motivate the people if they see that the small steps, the small goals, brings you to the big goals a little bit closer. Then they are motivated because they see that the job is. Uh, sensible and meaningful and we will achieve the big goal if this week we're doing this and that and uh, all these kind of things. I think it also comes down to the reminding yourself that you have achieved a small step, you yeah. know, literally tapping on your shoulder. Yeah, right, it's the same, one, yeah. Yeah, same one. The small Let's competitions are important exactly. to get power again, motivation again, to do the next one, the next yeah. one, the next one, the next one. It's always very small steps to the big step and to yeah. the big goal. Yeah. You will not be Olympic champion in one week of training. You need 10 years of training or 15 years maybe. And um, it's the same like in... But you need to know the big goal. This is the Olympic Games. So these are the strategic goals for a big corporation. You need to understand them. And then you need to understand, okay, when I'm Bavarian champion and then German champion and then go on, go on, go on, then you will end up maybe at the Olympic Games. Yeah, in the book where you mentioned about the success for young people, you mentioned about... The end goal, short-term mm -hmm. goals, but mm -hmm. also that you should have fun. You should enjoy Definitely, it. Definitely, yeah, yeah. The it most is, important, actually, and because that's a motivator. Yes, and therefore the team is also important because yeah. you have uh, you had a lot of training sessions. Of course, they hurt like hell and you're tired, but the team yeah. can help you out. They can make jokes. They can make everything. And working in a team, even if you don't like the work at itself, the team can motivate you and go through the hard work. And this is again shows that how the, the team is very important. The team around people around you. Yeah. So when I look into all this, the chapters, mm -hmm. I want to look into the book. Mm -hmm. So in each book, you usually when you open it, beside the book chapters, you see the table of content. You see also a thank you note mm -hmm. or a thank you to. Mm -hmm. Who do you thank most? First of all, I thank a big thank you again to my parents and to my family, to my brother, to my two kids, to my wife, of course. And then um, I'm very thankful that I'm healthy 
and then of course to the people who supported me during uh, many many years and i have there a few um people entrepreneurs by the way they supported me a lot they were sponsors in my times when i was a swimmer and afterwards they believe in myself that you can be successful in the later life and they gave me the opportunity to work for the company and of course i'm thankful for these kind of people also in each book there's also a copyright section so copyright, don't copy it what part in your life you don't want other young people mm -hmm. to copy, to copy. Do you want everyone, everything to copy or some parts you should better not follow me <laughs> when I was young? No, I, I can recommend <laughs> that uh, they can follow me. Um, I would say it's very hard to copy because uh, <laughs> it's quite a, a hard work. It's quite a hard work I did over many years. Even if you try, you're not going to be able to. <laughs> And even Good luck with copying. It doesn't matter when they survive. Um, They will definitely achieve something. I mean, if it's not in sport at the Olympic level, it will be something different. Um, Maybe they can copy something and then just relate it to other sports. Yeah, right. Yeah. But there were, are there some areas where you say? No, in general, I'm also, and this is also, I guess, very important behavior, what humans need to be, that I'm not jealous to people who are successful because If you don't um, accept the success of other people, you will be not successful for yourself. And you need to be happy if somebody else is successful in something, you need to congratulate these people and say, great, great job, amazing. Maybe I can learn something out of this, but uh, you need to be thankful that you know these kind of people. And uh, for mostly, I guess that some people are jealous of the success of other humans. and. This will brings you not to the top because these are emotions which lead to nothing and not to your yeah. to your goals. It's a waste of energy as well. Yeah, yeah. And that also leads you to thinking of short yeah. cuts. Yeah. Shortcut. Uh, definitely, yeah. Overnight success, which mm -hmm. in entrepreneurship we always see with yeah. you know, with my work right yeah. now, overnight success I'm gonna be yeah. in one week, uh, yeah. in one month I have X Y set of followers yeah. on yeah. who yeah. knows what on the website on my app. Yeah. I think this also had to be educated in, yeah. the, in our schools that absolutely I also it takes time and not an overnight success yeah. Yeah. which everything can translate yeah. over yeah. talking about your book um, obviously that book is about you audiobiography like a small four chapters mm -hmm. we had so far when I go into the library obviously I go to a specific shelf audiobiography but where else would I find your book I assume in the sports section, mm -hmm. but are, are there other sections as well where I could find your book about learning more about you, which is not necessarily <laughs> can, about the sport? Yeah, I can imagine myself in writing a book about <laughs> fishing. <laughs> in the fishing, in the fishing section. Um, okay. Yeah, but in general, of course, I think it's important to be authentic to the people. And if you write a book, you need to tell the people something what they don't know and uh, I can tell the people about the sport because this I did over many many years and be successful there I can tell them about how is it to train how to develop yourself personally and all these kind of things so of course it will be mainly in the sports sections I need to say but when I just listen to you about you know your 
childhood here as well yeah. and your struggle with school yeah. as well and yeah. I guess everyone else is here it's you always like the sport and the yeah. Olympic Games and everything um, I think you have a lot to share as yeah. well about the struggles behind and not just on the sports side it's all about coping with teenage mm -hmm. age while mm -hmm. you're doing the sport mm -hmm. study struggle etc etc all this um, maybe also about fishing as you said before <laughs> finding your outlet literally yeah. finding the outlet in yeah. life not just about sport it's about entrepreneurship as well yeah. it could be in a different all kind of different areas so thomas i have one last question um so far you have four chapters we have the the, the book the price cash biggest question now what is the title of the book when it's about you And let's not just focus on the swimming part. It's about mm -hmm. everything, like mm -hmm. hard years, the professional career, but also the happy memories to mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. What would be the title of the book? <laughs> <laughs> no, the hard and true recommendations. Hard yeah. and true recommendations. That came immediately. So, uh, yeah. Because in these kind of chapters are written down what was important things in my life to succeed in the school, how I survived the the school and how I did the, the trainings in my sport and how yeah happy my childhood was and all these kind of things and it is something like I recommend or I will show them examples what were successful for me so these are something like recommendations and but at the end I can tell the people there is no magic trick it's just hard work every day And that's the reason why I say true hard recommendations because there are no shortcuts. Will, as my experience in my life, I see that there are no shortcuts who brings you to the top mm -hmm. or where you can achieve goals. It's always the same and all people I knew, um, they achieved their goals. doesn't matter if it's special goals or the, or the top goals in the sport. You only achieve your goals and then you're happy afterwards. If you... Ah, try and work hard every day and yeah. <laughs> be humble is important and then um, that's it there are no magic tricks it's just hard work hard work where can people find you I mean obviously online mm -hmm. they can find you everywhere but where, do, where is currently your focus area you mentioned yeah. about S. Oliver yeah. currently work where do you want uh, people to find you online where, where can they find you online About your current work at the moment as well. In yeah, right. It is Oliver on my website, my personal website. There's written something about the speeches, what kind of speeches I'm doing, and uh, of course Instagram also. But Instagram uh, I started only a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, but my website. I realized that when I looked Facebook, on Instagram, yeah, yeah. I saw you like only six, only yeah. six or seven posts. I like okay, yeah. Thomas knows only seven. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> at this time, when at this time, because Instagram, when I was a professional swimmer, mm -hmm. I, at this time everyone was focused on Facebook. And even before MySpace, or was yeah. it the MySpace time? No, I, I was focusing on on the Facebook. I yeah. had there a lot of followers, and and the Instagram came afterwards. So this is the reason why I'm yeah, on Facebook. I have their fan page and a normal page and all these things. But the website shows that ab about my speeches, the contents. And the content, yeah. So we talked about your life. We talked about the swimming a little bit. 
are you actually participating at running races as well? Marathons or half marathons? I did last week on a corporation oh, okay. run, but it's <laughs> only week. seven and a half K. But one goal for me is uh, to do a marathon. Because you never did a marathon? No, never. I, this is something uh, every human <laughs> need to do in his life doing a marathon. I tell you what, you have to go to the Beirut Marathon. Yeah, As I mentioned okay. before the talk, yeah, it's like yeah. in November every year. This yeah. year it's on the 11th November. Yeah. It's not just a marathon yeah. where people come together. It's actually a marathon for peace. So yeah, everyone okay. from around the world, around 150 nationalities, oh, wow. come together running the streets of Beirut yeah. to run for peace and to raise yeah. awareness of the political issues around. Yeah. If you want to run at the race, yeah. you never forget yeah. it's going to be. Because I am 2014, I attended there. Uh-huh. The very first marathon of my life, yeah, it yeah. was in Beirut. Mm. I don't know why I ended up mm. being there. But the story behind, as I mentioned before, is Mel Khalil. Um, she's the founder of the Beirut Marathon, and she mm-hmm. had this amazing TED Talk about mm-hmm. peace is a marathon. Mm-hmm. And when you know that you're running for a purpose, yeah. for change, yeah. you give yeah. so much more energy. Yeah. So, so Beirut Marathon, yeah. I, can, I can send you okay. the links afterwards. It's definitely worth Thanks. checking out. If you want to go away from the masses in London yeah, yeah, or New York, yeah. etc., um, yeah. if you run for a reason, for change, yeah. Yeah. that's the place. Okay. Can you not imagine that you not have run a marathon yet? No. You swim a marathon. Yeah, but yeah. nearly, yeah. <laughs> but, um, why, not, why not running? Let's yeah, swim. Yeah. What about triathlons? Have you? I did uh, once. I did, I did two in my life, yeah. But uh, this was not a really serious, uh, serious uh, approach. Um, <laughs> maybe I will do an Ironman when I'm a little bit older but now I have the two kids after the job I need to go back home and take care of the kids these are two and four years old so when I go back home now and say to them hi but now I need to go to do 200k on the bike and then afterwards do another 20k running they will be not happy because you take it very serious as well when you have your end goal right, actually. right. Yeah. I and need to do something for 100% and for the moment right now when the kids are older I can focus on the Ironman Marathon. Brilliant. Thomas, thank you so much for the time. Uh, it was a lovely conversation, over 90 minutes. Thanks. And I will put everything in the show notes, all the links for everyone who mm-hmm. can will know, want to know a little bit more about Thomas and Woods and a little bit about Woodsburg as well. It's a lovely city. Yeah, right. A lovely, small Bavarian city. Thank you so much, Thomas. Thanks, I appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks. So this was Thomas. You can find more about Thomas Lourdes on his website at www.thomas-lourdes.de. If you're interested to know more about S. Oliver fashion brand from Würzburg, do check out their website on www.soliver.de. All links are in the show notes too. All right, never give up and be authentic. These few words I kept in my memory after the talk. Yes, we might not become world champion swimmer, but his mental power and values he believes in are truly worth adopting. So folks, what else do you want to hear? Leave some comments. What did you like most from this podcast? Which chapters of other entrepreneurs, athletes, innovators or change monks do you want to hear in the future? Leave a comment or drop me a message on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at by Daniel Ludwig. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. For the folks out there, just a quick update. In the next few weeks, all podcasts will be uploaded on my website with each recording split in highlights. You can call it quotes, 
which are great summary of each long conversations. Like a summary for everyone to get a brief, inspiring and motivation boost while listening to the whole recording throughout the week, during the commute, at work or even during sport. At least that's what I usually do. Long podcasts are made for long distance runs. Endurance sports where a two-hour conversation is filled with a two-hour run. Listening to and learning from others while exercising. So stay tuned. Takes few more weeks to upload everything on the website and to make the website nice and look. But will be amazing. Alright, look forward to your replies on social media. Just don't forget, never give up, always look up. See you next time.